son. That's what that is. And even in Luke 4, we see um, when he preached in the synagogue. Remember that, guys? He preached in the synagogue and people were amazed by him. But then they thought, isn't this the carpenter's son? And it said that they despised him. Wow. That's a loaded phrase, isn't it? They despised him when they thought, isn't this the carpenter's son? And I don't believe it was like, oh, the carpenter, he's just a blue-collar guy. What does he know? Maybe that was part of it. But I believe there was a lot of talk uh, when they got back to Nazareth. And Joseph had to be a part of that talk. And we talked last week about Mary. It's almost certain no one believed her. If she wasn't stoned to death, she could have been cast out of her community. Divorced by Joseph and scorned by all who knew her. Apart from her people, she could hardly be considered a person. Women back then, obviously, uh, didn't even introduce them as, as in their first name. They would introduce, my oldest son is Jesus. Imagine that. My oldest son is Jesus. Oh, yeah, that's the, your son, huh? What do you guys do? Well, we, we're carpenters. A pretty uh, blue-collar job as it is today. And it's actually funny because uh, it was more like a mason, um, you know, than like a, a wood carpenter because they used a lot of mortar and stuff back then to put together the houses. And my dad was a mason for most of his life. And I think Joseph and my dad have a lot in common. They're both humble guys that worked with their hands and worked really hard and were great fathers. And um, so we're going to talk about Joseph today. And there's not much said about him in the Bible. I wish there was more. And I think that's a purposeful thing. Uh, Purposely, they don't talk about Joseph so that we would infer some things. Sometimes we talk too much, don't we? And the Bible tells us sometimes without telling us how amazing this man was. Let's go to Matthew chapter 1. And that's predominantly where we read about Joseph. Matthew chapter 1. So we talked about Mary, the virgin birth. We talked about how she gave up everything, amen, for Jesus. Um, And now we're going to talk about Joseph, who lost his life for Jesus. Joseph, who lost his life for Jesus. In Matthew 1, starting in verse 18, the Bible reads, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before he came together, before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up 
He did what the angel Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Joseph is the most underrated guy in the Bible. Can I just say that right now? He is the most underrated part of the Bible. You know, we talk about Mary. We talk about John the Baptist, but we don't really talk about Joseph. When's the last time you heard a message on Joseph? I don't think I've ever heard a message on Joseph. There's not much online about him either. I looked up, Googled him and all that. No one speaks about Joseph because there's not much about the Bible. But man, this man is incredible. An incredible, incredible man of God. And there's so many things that if we dig deeper, we find out about this man's character. We also find out about how he gave up his life for Jesus. Um, The first thing it says is that in verse 18, imagine if you had, you got engaged to love of your life and she became pregnant. You know, that face right there shows it all. The pain, the betrayal. And then she's telling you it's through the Holy Spirit. That would have been hard to swallow, wouldn't it? That would have been hard. You know, I try to put myself in that position if, if that happened. I got engaged and that happened with Danielle. I, I don't know what I would do. I really don't know what I would do. I would need to pray, and I'm sure that's what he did. And the Bible says that because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, so he had an issue. He loved her, but he was faithful to the law. He did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had a mind to divorce her quietly. See, this is a righteous man. Righteousness is full of mercy. I don't believe you can be righteous if you're not full of mercy. And yet Joseph needed to do the right thing. That's hard. You know, he, he, he divorced her quietly, which means he doesn't say, you were adulterous. That's why I'm divorcing you. Back in the day, you could hand a woman just a certificate of divorce. Kind of crazy, actually. I mean, we do this today, obviously, right? You people can get divorced for any reason. But just hand someone a a, a certificate of divorce divorce according to the Hillel school for just not being fit to be a, a wife and not have to give a reason. And so that's what Joseph was gonna do. He wasn't gonna give a reason for getting divorced and was gonna allow her to have her dignity and not be put to shame. Now about you, but that's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible for him. Before the angel came and explained everything to him in a vision, in a dream, that he was going to be faithful to the law, but not hurt her, even though he was so hurt. Mm. You know, this is where... Mercy is given through the law. It's funny, interesting how Joseph was able to take something. Sometimes we think about the Old Testament as so harsh and so difficult. 
But what does it say? The, the whole law can be fulfilled by this one command. All 613 laws of the Old Testament can be, can be summed up in one command, can be fulfilled in one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know, we can learn a lot from Joseph, can't we, during this Christmas season? Our family members that we go and visit might need some mercy. Amen? <laughs> we might have some interactions with people that uh, uh, you feel like the law says you could fire back. You know, in many ways, an eye for an eye. That's in the Old Testament, bro. A tooth for a tooth. But that's not what Joseph did. He realized that all the law sums up in love your neighbor as yourself. If I was Mary, what would I, what would I need someone to do for me? That's how he thought. Even before we had the gospel, even before we had the understanding of forgiveness, like we do through Jesus Christ, even before the woman who caught in adultery, Joseph was the first one in his own mind that caught someone in adultery. And he didn't throw a stone. This man was incredible. He was merciful and yet righteous. And a lot of times we think those are two different extremes. They're not. They're together. Amen? Amen. They're together. And he was put in a serious, difficult position. We praise God for the angel coming. Amen? Yeah. You know, God's not going to ever put you through something that you can't handle. He's going to give you a vision. A lot of us, we go, how can I go through this? How can I do this? Some of us might have impending things happening over this holiday season. Some of us might have grades coming in. Some of us might have some challenging things happening. But God's not going to let you go through something that you can't handle. And I praise God because the angel appeared to Joseph. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because she, what she conceived is from the Holy Spirit. I'm sure that made him so fired up. He was like, whoa, yes, she was telling the truth. I was hoping she was telling the truth. I know Mary, she would never do anything like that. She will give birth to a son. And then he heard something amazing. You will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Imagine hearing that about your child. He's going to save his people from all their sins. I don't know about you, but I'd be like scratching my head. How is he going to do that? He's just a baby. He's not even conceived yet. How is this little baby going to save everyone from their sins? But the angel said it. And it was fulfilled. Um, I love how Joseph just immediately obeys. You know, sometimes we take a little longer to obey. But right out of the dream, he obeyed it. And if you see great men of God, there's no uh, tarrying between obedience when it's commanded. That they immediately do it. And I'm not saying we don't think. I don't, I'm not saying we don't pray. But there's a, there's a, there's a point in time when you can, you can kind of stall, if you know what I'm saying. And we do it, right? We all do it. Well, maybe, blah, 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 blah. And God says, no, do it. And he immediately, the Bible says, when he woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Amen. 
And in verse 25, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. You know, this guy had great control. Self-control, righteous self-control. And I think about that. I'm like, wow, this man was righteous. And, and a lot of times we think, oh, these guys were country bumpkin you know, people. They were out in the middle. I mean, they were in many ways. Nazareth was not a community. This man was from the line of David, though. And even though he was a carpenter, he was a righteous man. We can all aspire to be like him. Amen. To have the self-control to wait till Jesus was born. To have the self-control to not act angrily, amen? amen, but to be merciful. He was meek, amen, amen. power under control. Yeah. He was a powerful man. He was a carpenter. I'm sure he was strong. I'm sure he was a, 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 a rugged man, amen, but he was also a tender-hearted man. And so as we look at this, let's keep reading. The Magi come, right? I don't know about you, but I had a moment at the play last week. I wasn't expecting this. And I was not as devoted as the other casts were in um, practicing. Amen? <laughs> you know, Ken, Ken gave me a lot of grace. I appreciate it. He's a, he's a man like Joseph, too. He gave me a lot of grace. He said, just come when you can come. So after the game, I came and went through some lines. I did my part. And I'm so grateful I didn't mess up. Amen? It worked out. But I didn't see most of the play. So a lot of the play I was seeing for the first time. And one of the things that I was seeing for the first time was when Carl sang that beautiful song, uh, The Little Drummer Boy. And I was there next to Alicia, who was playing Mary, with a fake baby. And there's a lot of fake things, right? You guys didn't know that was not a real baby. Um... I was thinking we should get, you know, a baby. And actually, we have a lot of newborns. We should use a baby, but, but that's not always easy. And uh, Lindsay's like, no, no. No, no. But um, plus, you know, it's a girl. It's not a boy. It has to be a boy. I remember when I seeing one movie. It was like a big Asian plump baby that was playing baby Jesus. I loved it, you know. But... Um, I was kneeling down and people started bringing the gifts to me. And I knew this was not real. I was not Joseph. I was just Glenn with my wife's scarf on my head playing Joseph. I remember Danielle was like, did you wear my scarf on your head? Yes, I needed something. I started tearing up, I kid you not, moved deeply. At thinking about being Joseph and seeing these strangers come and worship my baby and seeing Magi come and give gifts and thinking about what that would have been like for Joseph and I started crying right there it was moving and other people were moved too I think it wasn't just me I was moved I was like this is what it was, might have been like to be Joseph there. And, and these wise men coming and giving their gifts. And I saw Cody. He, he, had some, he, had, he took some of his cologne and used it as his, you know, because you look it up, you see things up close. He, you know, oil. He had, he had cologne and he put it down. I saw the cologne. I was like, 
That's just cologne he's using right there. And I was still tearing up, you know what I mean? I was still tearing up. I was like, this is what it was like back then. So, you know, two things are going on in my mind, and that often happens in a play. You're in character, you're moved, but then you see all the other stuff that, you know, you know is fake, but you're in the character, right? And yet, this is what happened. The Magi came, the shepherds came, right? And then, boom, everything's okay, except that Herod wants to kill your baby. What are you going to do as a dad to protect from the most powerful man in your region? Wow. And we, we, we remember Pharaoh with Moses. And that same thing was happening. And let us not forget the prophet, Moses, that said, someone like me is going to come after you. He is the prophet. Listen to him. It's funny how if you did a study on Moses and Jesus, how similar their stories were as a baby. They both were trying to be killed. So many things that were similar in Moses and Jesus' life. Um, but what was incredible was in verse 13. We'll, we'll keep reading here. Coming in for a landing. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod's going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I will call my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and in the vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said to the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel Lord appeared in, the, in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who are trying to kill the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. He had heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in the place of his father Herod. He was afraid to go. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called the Nazarene. And this is the end of what we hear about Joseph. You know, we, we hear of him as the carpenter's son, the son of Joseph, but that is the end of what we hear about this man. You know, we, we see, obviously, the, 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 you know, in Matthew, that's the end we hear. Then Luke, we hear about the, the child at the temple, you know, sitting at the feet of the rabbis, maybe the same people that put him to death. Pretty wild. And he's there, and they're looking for Jesus. And that's the last time we hear of Joseph. You know, Joseph was also the best stepfather ever. <laughs> he was really awesome. He was really great. He took him as his child and he taught him his trade. And that, that's always nice. I remember my dad and I, we would do masonry together and he would, you know, we would, I'd be making the mortar and, and laying the bricks with him and 
just that time with him was special. I'm sure Jesus appreciated that time. I'm amazed how Jesus just waited so patiently for 30 years. Didn't tell anybody what he was about to do. And then boom, he came. I mean, those three years were, were crazy, right? But for, for 30 of them, it was a very quiet, normal life. And I think God values that. I think God values a righteous, quiet life. Amen? And what did Jesus learn from Joseph? He learned about sacrifice. He learned about obeying God immediately. He learned about, you know, obeying the Father's will, even though it's hard. He learned about how to take care of his family. And this man, Joseph, died because we know, it doesn't say he died, but it, it, it's inferred that he died because he was no longer to be found. Imagine being, losing your father like that, losing the patriarch, losing the breadwinner. Jesus had to become that until the other brothers got older. You know, I think about Coma. He's, he's like that in his family. He, he's kind of like, he's the big brother, but he's also kind of the, one of the other patriarchs. He's one of the guys who takes care of his family. And it's a lot of responsibility on Jesus he had. But he took that on. And I, I thought about the fact that, I thought about this scripture. As we end here, Luke 9. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever seems to me in my word, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory, in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. Joseph received shame because he was not ashamed to call Joseph part of his family. I mean, Jesus part of his family. He was the first one to not be ashamed of Jesus. He was the first one to give up his life for Jesus. He gave up where he was supposed to live. He lived in the town of Bethlehem. He was from there. He, he was able to live there, but he had to go back to Nazareth. He had to be a refugee for many years. He had to give up his livelihood. I'm sure he suffered a lot of shame because of Jesus. And he was the first one to lose his life for Jesus. I want you to think about Joseph, and I want you to think about the fact that he knew less than we know, and yet he lost his life. You know, you can't be a Christian. You can't be in a relationship with Jesus, I've found, without losing your life. It, it's how we gain it, amen? amen? And I want to encourage us, if we're Christians, let's not forget that. That you, you lost your life for Jesus. That, that you're going to be sometimes ridiculed and mocked because you followed Jesus. And yet, someday, you're going to hear someone else not be ashamed of you. You know, who has more reason to shame? We, toward the Son of God, Jesus, the perfect Savior of the world, or when we get to heaven, us who need his blood 
going into heaven. I think it's a harder one for Jesus. Amen? Yeah. The carpenter of Nazareth faithfully and unquestioningly fulfills all that God asks of him. And then he just quietly disappears. But make no mistake, there was one who did notice him and what he did. How awesome will it be when Jesus, the Lord of all, honors his adopted father who suffered so much for him and yet refused to deny his son before men. I bet Joseph will break down in tears when his adopted son Jesus says to him before his heavenly father of all creation, well done, my good and faithful servant. Blessed are you when people say all kinds of evil things against you. This is the carpenter's son. Because it's not what the world thinks of you that matters. But all that matters is the one in heaven and what he thinks. Everything else is just noise. Let's remember during this Christmas season that all we need to do is please one person. That's what Joseph was thinking about. He was thinking about his wife too, but he only wanted to please one person. And that was Jesus. That was God. The one who came to save his people from his sins and establish a kingdom that will never, ever end. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Remember this. Your obedience means salvation for many. Imagine if Joseph disobeyed. That's scary to think about. Imagine if Joseph got upset and was like, we need to stone her. I think the stones would never reach Mary. The angel wouldn't allow it. But it would have been a lot more difficult. Our obedience means so much to God as well as to the salvation of many others. Let's remember Joseph. Let's not forget him as a Hall of Faith hero. Let's not forget that he is a man who was righteous, who obeyed the law, but he also understood mercy. Amen. Let us be people like Joseph, who are righteous and merciful. Amen. Amen.